Welcome to the Together for Good podcast brought to you by Bethany Lutheran Church in Cherry Hills Village, Colorado. Happy Monday, everyone. You know what that means. I'm posting the sermon from yesterday for you to listen, to review, to share with friends. This is a sermon that I preached on Sunday, February 21st, and it focuses on Lent. Yes, we find ourselves in Lent, and also if every single Lent begins with us reading some version of the story of Jesus in the wilderness being tempted. Uh, during the course of my sermon, I'm going to give you some invitations and some ways to embrace this Lenten season that were really, frankly, modeled for us by Jesus's journey into the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry. I hope it's helpful. I hope it puts you, um, gives you some things to think about as you begin this week and as you begin this Lenten journey. I also hope you share this with some friends. Um, people are always looking for spiritual resources during the Lenten season. Uh, and just know we really appreciate all of you out there who have been taking the time uh, to share the podcast and the live stream with friends. It's just a way for us to continue to spread the good news that Christ has put in our life with others. So that's enough about that. Let's get right into it. Here is my sermon from February 21st, 2021. Imagine what that all must have felt like for Jesus. He's baptized, and the heavens are torn open, and a voice from heaven says, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then after this big, dramatic, world-breaking moment, Jesus is sent to the wilderness. I mean, come on. What a letdown. The scripture tells us, though, that this is exactly the order of events. Jesus is baptized, the voice speaks from heaven, and then immediately, it says, immediately, the Spirit drives him to the wilderness. And let's be clear, the wilderness wasn't a fun place to be. Apparently, there were wild beasts and, and Satan, too, out there in the wilderness. Jesus hadn't put in a vacation request to get out to the wilderness to clear his head for a few days. No, 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 no. After that big dramatic moment, the Spirit, for some reason, sends him there. Like I said, what a letdown. I bet for some, Lent can kind of feel the same way. We had Christmas and then Epiphany, and last week we had Transfiguration Sunday, a literal mountaintop moment. And the weather outside seemed to be getting better. <laughs> and then we find ourselves in Lent, this 40-day period that the church has set aside for prayer and fasting and repentance and self-reflection. I don't know where you're at with Lent on the whole, and maybe you never even heard of it until today, and that's all right, but I want to help us see this morning just how important this season Just as Jesus spending time in the wilderness was vitally important for his ministry, it's important for us. Take the gift that these next 40 days gives us for prayer, repentance, self-reflection. I think part of the reason, though, that Lent gets such a bad rap because it seems to be a season so focused on our sinfulness. As I said, repentance is a big thing that you can be doing during the Lenten season, and certainly we started worship this morning with a time for confession and forgiveness. And all this focus on sin can leave people feeling a little down and gloomy. But I think part of that is because of the way we've been taught to think about sin. I was always taught growing up that sin is defined as missing the mark. 
God has some sort of idea of perfection that we're supposed to be living up to, and like an archer with a bullseye, we miss the mark from time to time. And when we do that, that's called sin. This is how I was always told to think about it. But recently, I came across another way that scholars and theologians and our Jewish brothers and sisters tend to talk about sin. You see, our Jewish brothers and sisters talk about sin as forgetfulness. I like this a lot better. I think that there's something more gracious and generous about articulating sinfulness in that way. Forgetting is never a good thing. It's never something that you want to live up to. And yet, forgetfulness is something that we seem to be able to easily forgive. I think God's the same way. God is easy to forgive our sinfulness. And we need to keep that at the forefront. We forget about God a lot, though, don't we? And you can begin to see that how our forgetfulness can often result in our sinfulness. It's when we forget about God that we don't treat our neighbors with respect and kindness. It's when we forget what God has said about us that we are often sinful in our own self-evaluation. We forget about God often because of our ego. We start to believe, maybe, that we're the center of the universe. And certainly we've seen the ways that when people behave in this way and adopt that mindset, how destructive it can be for friendships, for families, for society as a whole. But yet, our world is kind of set up to encourage this type of egoic forgetfulness. We're taught all the time that the world revolves around us. Did you know that when you walk into a Starbucks, there are 80,000 combinations of ways that you can order a cup of coffee. 80,000 different ways, and those baristas are ready to take your tall, non-fat latte with skim milk, no whip, please. Because the world revolves around you, right? Seems to be what we're taught. We customize and personalize everything, from our car, to our smart fridge, to our cell phones, you can have it your way at BK, the slogan says. You see all the ways that we're taught to think that we're on the same level as God? I had a startling realization of this behavior within myself a little while back. I remember ordering a pizza for delivery. I was really hungry, and I wanted that pizza right now. But for some reason, it took 45 minutes to arrive. And so I find myself stewing and getting really upset. And then I had a friend say, you know, you ordered a pizza from your phone, and it's going to appear here in somewhere around 45 minutes. If you had told someone that you could do this 150 years ago, they would have thought you were some sort of all-powerful genie, some sort of god. It's easy to forget about God when we live in a world like this that tells us again and again that we are the center of the universe. That's why we need a season like Lent. We need to break out of all of these other messages telling us that the universe is ours to control. It's sinful and it's forgetful on our plight and the two go hand in hand. 
And when we see the ways that sinfulness and forgetfulness go hand in hand, then obviously the clear remedy is remembering. When we remember, it's the exact opposite of forgetting. And when you look at our practice of faith, you suddenly begin to realize all the ways that remembering shows up again and again. We're told to remember our baptism. We say at the communion table that Jesus said, do this for the remembrance of me. And we have this strange calendar of liturgical seasons that we cycle through year after year. And this calendar compels us to remember and to retell the same stories again and again. And Lent, Lent is a special season specifically designed to help us remember that we aren't God. It started this past Wednesday when we marked our foreheads with ashes and said, remember that you are dust. Dust you shall return. In other words, remember that you aren't immortal. It's an incredibly humbling message, and it brings us back to this gospel passage that we just read a few moments ago. As we've discussed, Jesus was immediately sent out into the wilderness after his baptism, and after God had told everyone how pleased he was with Jesus. But rather than seeing this whole sequence of events as a big letdown, I think instead we need to see that Jesus is showing us what true humility can look like. Let me explain. Immediately after hearing God say, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, Jesus could have been feeling pretty proud of himself. But the Spirit sent him to the wilderness. Before Jesus had a chance to preach a sermon or perform any miracles, he was sent to a desolate, humbling place. I think Lent is a similar dose of humility for each of us. Before we get too caught up in thinking how great we are, how powerful, how the world bends to our every need, before we start to forget that God is God and we are not, along comes Lent to give us 40 days in the wilderness so that we can, as the kids like to say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Jesus obviously didn't need this sort of attitude adjustment, but we do. I do. I'm going to get so upset because my pizza took more than 45 minutes to arrive. Well, then maybe it's time I spent 40 days remembering who God is and who God has called me to be. By going to the wilderness, Jesus modeled this type of profound humility for us. But there was something else that Jesus was also up to when he went out to the wilderness. There was something else that he was modeling for us with that wilderness journey. Something else that I think we need to learn from. I don't think we talk about it very much when we read this passage, but I want you to notice what Jesus did in the wilderness. Scripture tells us that he did, well, well nothing. He doesn't really say. Well, not quite nothing. He fasted and he prayed and he confronted the devil, but nothing else. He was out there for 40 days, though, it said. What would your boss say if you took off for the woods for 40 days? What would they expect of you when you came back? 
Everyone's been talking lately about what Joe Biden will accomplish in his first 100 days in office. Well, what if he took 40 of those days off to just do nothing? 40 days, all by himself, and the Son of God has nothing to show for it? In our world of producing and achieving and growing and creating, that just doesn't make any sense. Pastor and author Sean Palmer says it like this. What kind of deliverer starts deliverance by not delivering? Yeah, on the surface, these 40 days and nothing to show for it don't make a lot of sense for our world. But here's the thing. You ever find yourself wondering what Jesus is up to? If Jesus ever says or does something that on the surface doesn't make any sense, it's probably because he's trying to show us a better way. The truth is, our obsession with busyness is just another example of our forgetfulness. Creating and building and producing and staying busy are often just the ways that we are distracting ourselves from our own pain. Or we use busyness to try and puff ourselves up and make ourselves feel worthy and in control. We use the tasks of life to try and make ourselves feel more complete. The truth is, only God can do It's all just another type of forgetfulness. We constantly keep busy. We forget that God created the world six days and then rested on the seventh, commanded us to do the same. When we're busy, we forget that God's love never depends on our own efforts. For many of us, our busyness just helps us cover up internal pain. Internal pain that God is longing to do. Along comes Jesus. Show us a better way than just being busy. We constantly hear that if we just keep working and producing, then we'll be happy and we're also told that we can always have it our way, but Jesus comes along and says, my way of humility and rest is actually so much better. It can be really easy to forget all of this, all of these invitations from Jesus. His methods are just so different than anything else that we hear on a day-to-day -day basis, but that's also why we need a season like Lent. Help us remember how Jesus is calling us to live. So I encourage you to embrace these next 40 days for the gift that they are. Check in with your ego. Are you forgetting that God is God and you are mortal? Try doing nothing more often. See how God can speak into those empty spaces. And above all, allow these next 40 days help you remember Help you remember you are always and forever God's beloved. And no effort, no task, no ego can take that away from you. Amen.